Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How do you know we're at the top of the AI hype when China's ByteDance, the top-funded and top-valued AI company in the world, according to Crunchbase at least, also becomes the highest-valued startup in the world? Well, Yingying, that doesn't actually mean we're at the top of the AI hype, but it does say something about how trends have shifted from a few years ago when on-demand and the sharing economy was all the rage. Remember that? I mean, Uber has occupied the top perch for most valuable privately held startup for quite a few years now, but it's been finally dethroned by none other than a Chinese and AI startup. ByteDance, sometimes referred to as Toutiao for its first flagship news app, has just closed on $3 billion of funding led by SoftBank, giving it a valuation of $75 billion. That's just a bit more than Uber's last announced round of $72 billion or so, which was also enabled by SoftBank. Ah, SoftBank. So kind to startups everywhere. But are they maybe overly generous? Is ByteDance really more Uber than Uber? $75 billion is a lot of money, especially when you consider that only about a year ago, ByteDance was only valued at a little over $20 billion. By the way, we do know that some Chinese media refer to Ant Financial as the most valuable privately held startup in the world, but because that was really spun out of Alibaba, we'll go with the Western ranking, where ByteDance is number one. I mean, either way, China occupies the top spot. But even in China, where tech valuations have been soaring to dizzying heights, there are a lot of people who are uncomfortable with this $75 billion number, including ourselves. Especially in the context of today's wonky stock market and global macro uncertainty. How is it possible that this six-year-old startup is worth more than Baidu and five times as much as Weibo? As per usual, we're going to tell you a bit about ByteDance's founding story, then give you a solid snapshot of its key strengths and weaknesses, and let you decide for yourself. Is ByteDance poised to be the next internet giant in China? Or is its lofty valuation unsustainable and built on FOMO? The president's key economic team goes to China. Uh, after whole night thinking, I say I still want to do it. Hi everyone, we are Tech Buzz China by Pan Daily, powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We are a new weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China. We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage, so you can be smarter about the world of China tech. 
Tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I am one of your two co-hosts, Yingying Lu, and I'm your other co-host, Rayma. Thanks to our fans who showed up for happy hour in Brooklyn last Friday. I had a blast talking to you, and we do hope to meet you in other cities soon. We'd like to give a shout out to our partners, Deal Street Asia and Sub China, creator of the Sinica Podcast Network. In addition to Tech Buzz, you can also find the Sinica Podcast, which is a weekly discussion of current affairs on China. You can also find New Voices, a podcast on women, as well as the new business-oriented China Econ Talk, and of course, the Taishin Sinica Business Brief from China's leading business magazine. Be sure to check these out. Thanks also to listeners Jason Rod and Anthony Seabrook for writing in, as well as longtime supporter Nate Holstein for your additional feedback this week. Oh yeah! And if you enjoy listening to us, please take the time to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm guessing most of you. Especially our old-time tech buzzers have heard of ByteDance because it's come up in quite a few of our earlier episodes, and it was the focus of our episode nine, which was on its war with Tencent. In Chinese, ByteDance is often referred to simply as Toutiao because that's the name of its first flagship app, Jinru Toutiao, or Chinese for today's headlines. The parent company, though, is known as Zijiaotiao, literally the words bite and dance. And was founded in 2012 to quote combine the power of artificial intelligence with the growth of mobile internet to revolutionize the way people consume and receive information. Unquote. Nicely played buzzword soup there. Whoever came up with that. So as we've emphasized before, ByteDance is just barely six years old. To give you some perspective, that's one year after WeChat was founded. Since then. It's grown explosively. It might not have a billion users like WeChat does, but its two main apps, news-oriented Toutiao and video-based TikTok, have over 260 million and over half a billion monthly active users, respectively. Lest you think that TikTok is a lot bigger than Toutiao, they're actually fairly comparable in size. TikTok's numbers are a lot larger because ByteDance acquired and officially rebranded the app Musically. Musically, if you'll remember, is the 15-second lip-syncing short video app, whose 100 million plus users were mostly outside of China. TikTok is known as Douyin inside of China, and in China, it has about 300 million MAU. About half of those are active daily. So 300 million versus 260 million for Toutiao, they're about the same. However, what is impressive is that Douyin or TikTok is just a bit over two years old, and at least for the first quarter of this year, it was the most downloaded app in the world. Of course, it had the help of Toutiao to help it grow. Still, it went from 40 million to 100 million MAU monthly active users in a record two months. And while it used to be that 85% of its users were under the age of 24, that seems to have gone up a bit. It was reported recently that 40% of its users are now between the ages of 24 and 30. That's still super young, but maybe more appealing to a wider range of advertisers. 
And advertising is how it makes money, of course. On Total, you have the typical digital media advertising, but on TikTok, it can be a lot more varied. So, for example, one method is through cooperating with a platform to launch a contest in the form of a hashtag challenge. For instance, today my TikTok shows Disney's Nutcracker as a trending hashtag. It's about the new movie that's come out, and I can either view videos about it or possibly contribute my own content towards that hashtag. Another way of monetizing is through live streaming, where the method of monetization is similar to the other live streaming apps we've covered before. You can buy virtual gifts, basically, to throw at your favorite live streamer. Literally, throw them. I see some rainbow puke I can buy for one dollar, for example. I know that some enterprising TikTok celebrities have also turned their accounts into mini stores because you can buy merchandise directly within the app. So maybe that will be a big thing too. And who knows? Maybe that's why Alibaba unsuccessfully tried to buy ByteDance earlier this year. Well, as we said before, it's Tencent, not Alibaba, who is the one who feels more threatened, since its percentage of total internet usage time went down from June 2017 to June 2018. Almost all of that near 7% decline seems to have gone to ByteDance's family of apps, and that's where ByteDance, alone out of all the still private unicorns in China, really stands out. ByteDance has no affiliation with either Tencent or Alibaba, and despite Tencent's many attempts to destroy it—for example, today you still can't share TikTok videos directly to WeChat—ByteDance seems to have survived and thrived. Before it raised the latest three billion dollars, it had already raised at least two billion dollars from the likes of Sequoia, Hill House, KKR, and General Atlantic, and had been rumored to be targeting a 2019 IPO in Hong Kong. It had also publicly announced four to seven billion dollars USD as its revenue target for this year. Not bad, but even if it hits the high end of that range, that's still more than ten times current calendar year revenues. But who knows? Maybe that's fine where you're basically tripling from the two billion or so in revenues from 2017. Is it fine though? That's a pretty steep growth curve. But does a three x increase in revenues necessitate a three x increase in valuation? And who is the guy behind all this? Is he a Jack or Pony Ma level legend? Boy, am I so glad you asked that question, Yingying, because this is where we get to talk about Zhang Yiming. Who is way more of a tour de force than Western media generally gives him credit for? For one, he is only 35 years old. Zhang Yiming is from the southern province of Fujian. Fujian, by the way, is a coastal province long known for its adventurous seafaring merchants. The stereotype of the Fujian merchant is that he or she is incredibly clever, flexible, and outward-facing, unlike the ethnocentric northerner. Yes, yes, we know these are stereotypes, but they are deeply entrenched ones, and maybe there's some basis for the Fujian openness for adventure, because people from Fujian are the largest group of Chinese immigrants in the U.S., despite being actually a pretty small place. You'll find that there are actually lots of Fujian-related groups all over the globe, because to many Chinese people, provincial affiliations count for a lot. You know what counts even more, though, hometown affiliations. I'm talking about growing up in the same city. 
Zhang Yiming was born in the city of Longyan. You know who else was born in Longyan? Wang Xing of Meituan Dianping fame. It is actually well known that they are BFFs. I'm sure the hometown affiliation has something to do with it, but they also seem to have genuine mutual admiration for each other. In fact, Wang Xing is rumored to have invested in ByteDance. Some people have all the luck. Anyway, Zhang Yiming went to Nankai University, a top ten institution in China, and worked as a programmer after college. He worked briefly for Microsoft, decided he hated it, and then went on to work at an internet travel company and a few other young startups, including two he actually co-founded before starting ByteDance. Zhang Yiming is a geek through and through, and has always focused on the technical side of things. He's known for being extremely rational, performing experiments on himself with the goal of finding his most productive state. For him, in case you're curious, he's at his best when he's in a neutral mood between just a little sad and just a little excited, and oh, with plenty of sleep. I assume that's what keeps him able to practice his favorite skill, which is delayed gratification. It's probably also why, in his talks, you'll notice that he comes across as fairly even-keeled, with none of the dramatic storytelling flair of, say, Jack Ma. But even-keeled Zhang Yiming is also fiercely independent and incredibly ambitious. From very early on, he decided that he didn't want to work for Jack or Pony. He wanted to be their peer. So one story that's often told the media is that back in 2016, there were rumors that Tencent was going to acquire ByteDance. Whether or not that's actually true, we don't know. But what we do know is that Zhang Yiming has said when the rumor came out, one of his executives came to him and said, "Hey, I didn't join ByteDance to become a Tencent employee." Zhang Yiming then coolly replied, "I didn't found ByteDance to become a Tencent executive." That's something he proudly repeats to this day. So I think that's a hint to you, Pony Ma. Probably not going to be joining the Tencent family anytime soon. He's also said that less than a year after founding Toutiao, he received a lucrative investment offer from one of the internet giants. After struggling with this offer for a week, he ultimately decided to forego the opportunity. While it certainly would have brought many benefits, he understood that it would also have meant he'd have to cede control, and that's something he didn't want to do. You know what kept him going, right? That's right. He credits it all to his practice of delayed gratification. All really good stories, but obviously, just strong self-discipline doesn't get you to multi-billionaire status. Besides having great luck and having stumbled upon a great product. One thing I think that ByteDance also has going for it is that it's been really smart about hiring and managing, so far anyway, at least relative to many of its Chinese peers. Right at ByteDance, similarly as at Alibaba, HR has a pronounced role and is very much a key area of focus. However, on many things, ByteDance differs radically from other Chinese companies. For one, they disregard your prior salary history and give you a package based on current market conditions, whereas most companies are lazy and just give you a bump up from your last position. That's probably what's behind the headlines that have said that top performers at ByteDance can get up to three million dollars, 
which is basically unheard of in China. Everyone's all about cheaper salaries and throwing people at the problem. The story goes that at ByteDance, Zhang Yiming is not trying to get a bargain out of you by giving you the lowest salary. He's trying to figure out what is the best way to incentivize you so that you can give him the best ROI or return on investment. That, by the way, can include an annual cash bonus of up to more than eight times your base salary. That's right. Zhang Yiming has said in public that at ByteDance, there is a chance, a small chance, but nonetheless a chance for you to get a bonus of 100 months of your salary. That's so crazy. I thought it was a typo. I don't know anyone who's received that kind of bonus yet, but on Glassdoor, where Chinese companies have notoriously awful scores, ByteDance has a 4.4 out of five. With ninety percent of reviewers expressing approval of Zhang Yiming and ninety-one percent saying that they'd recommend working there to a friend, that's honestly really good. And there is another aspect of ByteDance that is quite different from other Chinese companies. The company is notoriously flat. I say notoriously because that hasn't always been covered with positivity in China. State-owned media Xinhua, for example. Criticize the fact that there are only three or four layers between the lowest-level employee and CEO Zhang Yiming. Contrast this, by the way, with Alibaba, which has no less than fourteen levels for individual contributors and ten levels for management. The fact that ByteDance employees weren't well versed on company hierarchy and couldn't rattle off the names of senior management was considered a strike against the company. I mean. Who doesn't know the full executive ranks of their place of employment? By the way, if it's not obvious, we are being sarcastic. But it is true that being flat is uncommon in China. Another way that this flat corporate culture manifests itself is in the way employees address each other. In China, it's rare to address someone directly without including their title in their name somehow. Not the full title, but. Usually a zong for executive, so if they're a manager of some sort, or maybe a laoshi for teacher, which some people, by the way, use on people who have ever taught them anything, even if it's a one-hour-long workshop. So yeah, in China, teachers are respected, which is why Jack Ma insists on being called Ma Laoshi. In ByteDance, however, titles are forbidden. Everyone is to address each other by their full name. This just goes against the grain of good social graces in China, and it makes some people very uncomfortable because it kind of feels rude. Like in the U.S., if you started addressing everyone with "Hey, you," and so Zhang Yiming has been questioned on this rule a lot. However, anecdotally, what I've heard from friends who work at ByteDance is that it makes internal and particularly cross-team collaboration go a lot smoother. This is in contrast with other Chinese internet giants, where it's usually extremely difficult to get information from another team, and in fact, many teams might be in competition with each other to create the same product. That doesn't happen at ByteDance. ByteDance employees tell us that no matter their level, they feel empowered to reach out and ask for help from anyone else in the organization. I know some Chinese media seem to think this is problematic. But I think this is one of Jiang Yiming's secret weapons. 
especially with the younger generation. They don't like all these formalities. It creates friction and distance. I mean, I don't believe any company failed because it wasn't hierarchical enough. And with ByteDance continuing to launch new products that build upon the successes of prior ones, this kind of collaborative mentality is key. Okay, so those are ByteDance's organizational strengths. And we already know from some of its public KPIs that its products are incredibly popular. And you'll just have to take our word for it since we can't actually show you that they are actually well-designed. But what are some of ByteDance's weaknesses? Well, the elephant in the room is, of course, that it's at least partly a content business. And especially in China, that's risky. Is it a content business, though? Isn't it just a distribution channel? ByteDance doesn't make the content. It just provides the platform right? I know you're just playing devil's advocate, Ray, because in the case of ByteDance in China, the question has been settled pretty clearly. It doesn't matter what Zhang Yiming calls ByteDance, media or publisher, the Chinese government doesn't care. Either way, he's going to have to take responsibility for what goes on his platform or suffer the consequences. Yep, I am just trying to hit the point home here. President Xi Jinping said in April 2016 very explicitly that, quote, those in e-commerce have to be vigilant of fakes. Those who operate social media platforms cannot engage in spreading rumors. And those who make search engines cannot just give away clicks to the highest bidder, unquote. Notice, guys, that he had something to say for the key business models for all three of the BAT. Baidu Search, Tencent Social, and Alibaba's e-commerce. So in China, you are responsible for what goes on your platform. You're not protected from the government's wrath just because you're not the actual seller, advertiser, or rumor maker. If you touch it, you're going to have to take responsibility. Zhang Yiming didn't take the president's words as seriously as he should have, though, because he still made the assertion that Toutiao is not a media, but a technology platform for media. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's not unlike what Zuckerberg's stance has been about Facebook, right? But while maybe it took election and national security scandals to get Facebook to get serious about moderating its content more carefully, far less was needed for Zhang Yiming to pay attention. Yeah, as we all know, he changed his tune pretty quickly when the government shut down one of ByteDance's most popular apps, Neihan Duanzi, for vulgar content. That action had special significance for us because that was the very first story we ever featured on TechBus when we started earlier this year. And Toutiao itself has been taken down from app stores at the request of the government for a few weeks at a time. The chief complaint... Vulgar content, di su neirong. And by the way, its video apps are not immune either, with one of its apps, Huashan, having to suspend video updates, again due to questionable content choices. But you guys might be wondering, what does vulgar mean? Well, let me show you. For example, you might open up Toutiao expecting to see important headlines of the day, right? I mean, since that's what the words 今日 Toutiao literally means. Instead, 
you see an article pushed to you that says, Is it true that girls pee standing up in the shower? <laughs> I am not joking here. This is an actual example a well-known blogger gave what he sees in his daily Toutiao feed. And I have been a user of Toutiao. I would agree that's true. So guys, do you think this qualifies as headline news? The Chinese government certainly didn't think so. Even for clickbait, I think it's pretty lowbrow. But ByteDance hasn't just gotten in trouble with the government for bad content. Another major sin has been scammy advertising, particularly in medicine. If you listened to our episode 18 on Baidu's problematic medical treatment advertising, you will understand that Chinese netizens have been battling scammers and spammers in this area for a long time. In fact, the sector is so abusive that Zhang Yiming publicly swore off all ads for medical treatments. However, as they say in China, when there is a will, there is a way. Such advertisers found a workaround by using what's called a two-jump or RTL scheme. Instead of advertising for the medical treatment directly, an ad is instead purchased for a legitimate over-the-counter drug, like maybe a well-known supplement for better cognitive function. The ad itself looks harmless enough with some marketing copy on its benefits and maybe a list of detailed ingredients, but there's no link to purchase. Instead, the only available link is one that says, get more details, which after you click on it, directs you to a page offering shady medical treatments. Exactly. The scammers are two jumps or two clicks away, which means that at first glance, it seems that Total doesn't have any such advertisers on its platform. But actually, it was exposed that Total employees, in a hurry to reach the company's aggressive sales targets, were in fact colluding with these scammy advertisers to bypass the rules. Depending on whether or not you believe Zhang Yiming was aware of this practice, you may fault him a little or a lot for this oversight. But still, given the big promises he'd made of never accepting medical treatment ads, I do think they should have done more to ensure it wasn't happening, even at, quote-unquote, two clicks away. I mean, it was super embarrassing to be called out on CCTV's economics channel for failing to protect consumer interests. Not just embarrassing, they incurred the wrath of the party. People's Daily published a scathing opinion piece on this exact topic. They claimed that for Total ad salespeople, if you are willing to spend a certain amount they will proactively help you fake the necessary credentials to get past whatever systems were in place to check. Given the sensitive nature of these scams, these are medical treatments after all, where actual patient lives are at stake. And if you guys remember the ferocious backlash against Baidu when they did this, the public in China really turned on ByteDance and began calling it yet another company without a conscience. Which explains why the recent wave of PR is all about Zhang Yiming and ByteDance's newfound conscience. That is, responsibility to society has become a huge area of focus for them. Being good, not just don't be evil, like Google's old motto, but overtly good, is something Zhang Yiming has been highlighting as of late. 
What about when the law is unclear or incomplete? Well, Zhang Yiming's outward stance, at least right now, is that ByteDance's own standards will be even more stringent than what the Chinese law says. So he said that sometimes, even when the law says it's okay or where there are no regulations, we at ByteDance will determine our own regulations. I think that's him trying to signal to the Chinese government that he's really learned his lesson, and that ByteDance will be much more proactive about making sure that they're fully aligned with the government and the people's interests, aka responsibility to society. Do I believe that Zhang Yiming suddenly grew a conscience? Not at all. Not after so many years of him saying that Toutiao is just a product and that what's on there is not a reflection of his own or of ByteDance's corporate values. He's also on the record multiple times for explaining that he doesn't make decisions out of a sense of moral obligation. To him. Everything is a business decision. He doesn't care about consumer interests because he believes it's not his responsibility to protect them. He cares because doing so increases the trustworthiness of his products, which in turn increases traffic and revenues. ByteDance has been called China's BuzzFeed with brains, which I think is inaccurate on two levels. It's not particularly brainy, which we've already explained. And while it might have been somewhat comparable to BuzzFeed before, when it was just the Toutiao headline news app, now with video app TikTok being such a huge part of its business, it's much more than a BuzzFeed. I think it's more like Facebook without the social network. Well, Facebook and Instagram together. Let me explain. Once you remove the social connections, all of these products, what they have in common. Are user-generated content publishing, and a platform that thrives on sharing and algorithmic recommendations at scale. For all of these businesses, their model is knowing as much about you as possible, and showing you the most relevant advertising possible. And as we explained above, at least in China. ByteDance's products will be hampered by the government's close oversight of its content, and unlike in the U.S., it can be shut down unilaterally and suddenly. So that's a real existential risk. Although we do have to mention here that for some investors, this also presents a high barrier to entry. ByteDance is supposed to have ten thousand staff working on monitoring content by the end of this year. That amount of investment in infrastructure is not going to be easy to leapfrog. Definitely not for a startup starting from scratch. But before we throw up our hands and say the valuation of ByteDance is impossible to answer because there are so many unknowns, there's actually some simple math we can do. Because you see, we're lucky. We have a sort of market price for the standalone TikTok China business. If you remember from our earlier episode. There is a competing app called Kuai Show that, by most measures, is either a little behind or about the same as TikTok China. And guess what? Kuai Show doesn't want to be shut out of the fundraising party, so it's currently raising at a twenty-five billion dollar valuation. So, what do you think? I think it's pretty reasonable to estimate that TikTok China by itself would also be worth about twenty-five billion dollars. 
which is honestly crazy if you ask me, for a market that I research thinks is only going to be worth $4.5 billion in total domestically in 2020. But let's do some quick math here. That means Taotiao plus TikTok's overseas business, as well as an assortment of other apps which we didn't talk about today because they aren't very big, will have to be able to pick up the slack. $75 billion minus $25 billion. That's $50 billion worth of slack. Okay, $50 billion. Let's see. Even if we give Toutiao a $25 billion valuation, which would be so generous in my opinion, that means the overseas business of the rest of ByteDance will have to fill up the remaining $25 billion. Now, ByteDance has repeatedly stressed its strengths overseas. But has it really been all that successful? Sure. So TikTok continues to do well. But what about Zhang Yiming's effort to internationalize Toutiao? That app, called Top Buzz, by the way, no relation to Tech Buzz, hasn't been performing too well. The latest App Annie report shows them as barely cracking the top 10 in news apps on Google Play and top 15 on iOS. There are also numerous complaints of poor IP protection and monetization by folks who've agreed to distribute on that platform. The number one complaint about Top Buzz is spam or clickbait. But at least Top Buzz is honest about its mission. Its description clearly says that it's a breaking news, videos, and funny gifts app, which of course discourages serious content creators from signing up on the platform. How long will this current cycle of clickbait and so-called viral content last? I don't know, but I'm certainly not a fan. And it doesn't look like enough non-Chinese are fans either. By the way, these exact same complaints plague TikTok, with lots of headlines proclaiming it to be just uncool spam and clickbait. But maybe their India investment, Daily Hunt, or Indonesian app, Babe, can save them? They've also made two other major acquisitions besides Musical.ly, Flippagram for one, and News Republic from China Mobile, although neither of these are very sizable in terms of traffic. So yes, it is true that ByteDance has already made plays for markets in Japan, India, Brazil, North America, and Southeast Asia. But are they any good? I think it's too early to tell. Too early, certainly, to warrant one-third of the $75 billion valuation. But hey, what do I know? Maybe all that data flowing through ByteDance is going to make its AI so good that soon the company will know us so well it's going to be able to recommend us anything and everything at all. Not just articles to read, but music to listen to, food to eat, places to go, maybe even people to date. Ray, you clearly haven't heard of that joke where Toutiao's algorithm was so precise that if you were on a date, all you had to do was look at what kind of headlines your date's Toutiao app was pushing to them to understand what kind of partner they were likely to be. Wow, we are really getting into Black Mirror territory here. But okay, even if that's the end goal, ByteDance is going to have plenty of competition getting there. Whatever happens next, though, Zhang Yiming is already the closest to toppling the two maws of Chinese internet as anyone has gotten in the last five or maybe even ten years. 
Who knows? Maybe the BAT acronym is here to stay. But this time, the B won't be Baidu, but ByteDance. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together, and we're always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at thepandaily, at TechBuzzChina, and my personal Twitter account is spelled G I N Y G I N Y. And my Twitter is spelled R U I M A. We'll be back here same time next week. TechBuzzChina by Pandaily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Bonnie Zhang, Shaw Wan, and Kaiser Guo. Our intern is Wang Menglu. 